we are into this is uh, week or excuse me presentation number four of our prayer meeting week of prayer here at the Middletown Portland Church and I want to welcome all of you online uh, I don't know if three angels church is out there I want to give a shout out to them they might be online I know I invited them for these services and so if you want to hear more messages like this you can go to Portland or Middletown Portland SDA.org or my own YouTube channel, Path of Prophecy, of releasing fresh stuff. I just released one right before heading out here this evening. And so really exciting stuff. So let's begin with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we want to thank you for your goodness and your tender mercies. It's my prayer that the grace and the power of your Holy Spirit would abide with us. As we open your word, I pray that that our hearts would be open to you, that we would be able to hear through your still small voice speaking to us, saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Father, work with us. Work with us individually. Work with us corporately. We're seeking to grow. We thank you for our online audience, and there was new subscribers that we'd heard about. So grateful that they're on board. And uh, I just pray that these presentations would be a blessing to all. Please anoint my lips as I speak that your word would be heard. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Wall Street Journal just published this article by Andrea Peterson. The trouble with America's ultra-processed diet. Concern is rising about the ultra-processed foods in American diets and their effect on our health. What is this all about? Andrea Peterson writes, Should your granola bar come with a warning label? Concern is rising about the amount of ultra-processed foods in American diets and the effect eating so many of those foods has on our health. Part of the problem, she goes on to say, nutrition researchers say, is that lots of healthy-seeming items, especially many breakfast cereals, soups, and yogurts, as well as granola, fall into that category. Recent studies have linked diets high in ultra-processed foods to increased risks in obesity, type 2 diabetes, cancer, cardiovascular disease, and depression. The article goes on to say, yet, there is no set definition of what makes a food ultra-processed. And scientists are still figuring out exactly why eating a lot of these foods is associated with health problems. These foods are now coming under a microscope as the U.S. government prepares the latest version of its dietary guidelines, which tell Americans which types of foods to eat and how much. For the first time, the article goes on, the government is asking its scientific advisory committee to consider how diets consisting of various amounts of ultra-processed food influence body composition and obesity risk. Food companies, however, are disputing the idea that their products are unhealthy and say that packaged food gives people a convenient, affordable way to get nutrients. Here's the question for us tonight. As followers of Jesus Christ, how do we become healthy? Our scripture reading for tonight, John chapter 17, verse 17, sanctify them by your truth your word is true. So, here's the thought, folks. 
just as we become healthy or unhealthy by what we eat, so our spiritual health is either maintained or diminished depending on whether we read and meditate upon God's word. Does that make sense? Jesus understood this truth. And it's because he understood this truth that he gave the following warning to his disciples. I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, beginning in verse 5 and 6. And it says this. Now this was after Jesus had fed the 4,000. And after he had done this, he was challenged by the Pharisees. They were asking for a sign that he was the Messiah. And he said, there's no sign that's going to be given to you except the one that was given by Jonah. The Son of Man will be three days and three, three days in the, in the belly of the earth. That will be the sign that will be given to you folks. Matthew 16, though, goes on. Now, when his disciples had come to the other side, they had been in the boat. They came to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. They had forgotten to take bread. Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They reasoned among themselves, verses 7 and 8, saying, It's because we have taken no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, O oh, you of little faith, <clears throat> why do you reason among yourselves? Because you have brought no bread? Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? Nor the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up? He went on to say, How is it? You do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine or the teachings of the Pharisees and Sadducees. You see, the problem the disciples had with the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees, it was that it was spiritual food that had been highly processed through the teachings of other men with the added ingredients of tradition and leaving it with no spiritually nutritional value. Jesus, however, came to correct this spiritual deficiency in the lives of his followers. How did he do this? Well, the passage goes on as the story unfolds. Then it says in Matthew 16, verses 13 to 14, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Jesus asked that question of them because he was trying to focus their attention on his mission. And so he started off by asking this broader question, who do men say that I am? 
and they gave the opinions of the day. Okay? This is what they're saying about you on Facebook. This is what they're saying about you on Twitter. Okay? Now, of course, they didn't have those social media platforms at that time, but it would be the equivalent of our day. But here's the counsel that we've been given. Steps to Christ, page 89, says this. We should not take the testimony of any man as to what the scriptures teach, but should study the words of God for what? For ourselves. Okay, I just put out a video yesterday, and uh, it was based on Acts chapter 17, verse 11, when Paul went to Berea after he had been in Thessalonica, he and uh, Silas had to flee for their lives because they were being threatened with death. The mob was coming after them. And they had only spent three Sabbaths in Thessalonica. But when they fled, they fled to Berea and were told that when Paul preached in Berea, that the Bereans were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica because they received the word of God and they went and examined the word of God daily whether what he was saying was the truth. In other words, they didn't just take whatever Paul said to them. They went and checked it and verified it for themselves personally against what scripture said. Okay? So this counsel that we're offered here in Steps to Christ, the question is why is this counsel so important to our spiritual health? Well, it's because we're not sanctified by other men's opinions. I once had a church member who said, but pastor, Doug Batchelor doesn't believe that. Well, here's the exciting thing. When I get to the stand before the judgment seat of God, that question is not on the exam. I'm not going to be asked, Did you, didn't you believe what Doug Batchelor taught? I'm not going to be asked that. Okay. So the idea is that we are to be sanctified by the word of God only. So how did Jesus address this issue? Well, he asked another question. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And it was Simon Peter who answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That was Peter's own conviction. That was Peter's conviction that he expressed and the others expressed that as well okay but peter being that he had been asked that he he answered and the disciples had been so influenced by the thinking of the pharisees and sadducees that there was only one solution okay to address this uh, spiritual deficiency that was taking place because they were feeding on this man-made opinion well Jesus may be this and he may be a prophet and he may be a teacher and he may be John the Baptist and he may be Elijah or one of the prophets da, da, da. and it just went on and on and on ad nauseum and Jesus had to arrest this false thinking that was uh, turning them into spiritual weaklings, okay? And he had to arrest their attention. So here's how he did it. The story unfolds further. 
Once Peter made his confession, it says this, then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. The cross, the cross of Jesus was the only remedy to cure the disciples of their spiritual malady, of their weakness, their spiritual weakness. It was to reveal the cross to them. And it remains to this day the only cure for our poor spiritual condition as well. So how do we get stronger in our faith? How do we get stronger? Well, listen to this counsel. Steps to Christ, page 89, starts off, We should not take the testimony of any man as to what the Scriptures teach, but should study the words of God for ourselves. It goes on, page 89 and 90, If we allow others to do our thinking, we shall have crippled energies and contracted abilities. The noble powers of the mind may be so dwarfed by lack of exercise on themes worthy of their concentration as to lose their ability to grasp the deep meaning of the Word of God. Listen to this promise. The mind will enlarge if it is employed in tracing out the relation of the subjects of the Bible, comparing Scripture with Scripture and spiritual things with spiritual. Here's why we need the Word of God. Because God wants to sanctify us. Sanctify them by your truth. Because your word is truth. So at this time, we're going to separate for prayer. And uh, we have a lot to rejoice and praise the Lord over. We started our ESL class this afternoon. We had three people who attended. Uh, four, if you count Phil, other than the teacher. And I'm very grateful for Phil's attendance. It was very important that he attend, not because he needs to learn better English, but just to uh, to go out two by two. Okay, so I'm very grateful that uh, you counseled on that and, and made sure that you were there for that. But uh, it was a good experience, and uh, we served over a hundred people today, total, when we count all the numbers and everything like that, and uh, a real positive experience there. So we want to remember uh, to pray for workers for the harvest because there will be a harvest, folks. There will be a harvest. And uh, so we'll remember those prayers and, and some of the other ones that have come in. And we appeal to you folks online, send your prayer request to us uh, so that we can intercede. We'll be meeting again tomorrow night. Joy will be able to record them. and. And we'll be able to have them, process them, and send them out. But please, we are more than happy to pray for the burdens that you carry on your hearts. Just send them to us. Just type it in. Let us know. And we'll be sure to pray for them. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you once again that we're able to gather in this place here at the Portland Middletown Worship location and here in 13 Waverly Avenue. We pray that you would bless all of our guests, all of our visitors watching, and that they would be, uh, be welcomed back tomorrow. 
and that it would be a joyous occasion for them to be refreshed by hearing the word of God proclaimed. We thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering this prayer. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.